Is this because of the duck thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. I've not taken this hoodie off in a month and a half. And then when you're done, you feel the most shamed ever. There we go. Always fresh. What the, the story fuck is even classic, happening? Classic sort of story. It came out to high critical acclaim. And it's Pokemon Snap. If you're pressed to tank, it goes <laughs> Like, what buddy, is going buddy, on? I was on, I was on edibles. <laughs> Not a pornography. This is a podcast. Uh, and you got the name wrong again. I, I like your duck shirt. Thanks. It's a duck. Welcome to another episode of Two Dads in a Podcast. The unexpected journey. So yeah. this is another like episode. We we yeah yeah. That's called foreshadowing, kids. That That's- that is because we are starting a new a new deep dive series for at least. What is this going to be? Six episodes? Six maybe? Yep. Maybe seven if we decide to kind of touch on a, a little bit more. One of them goes a little longer. We we'll are plan deep diving. for six. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We're deep diving into the Why world. Why are you talking like this? Of Middle Earth. Why are you? Like a. I'm being dramatic. Sort of like a Shatnery thing. <laughs> Today we. Weird. Come to you. Deep diving into the a world. Deep dive of. Middle Earth. Middle Earth. <laughs> Earth. Earth. So we're deep Earth. diving into the world of Middle Earth for the third time. I've said it maybe four times so far. I don't know. I've said it a few times. But we're starting. If you haven't, if you haven't put the pieces together, we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Yes. Okay? yes. Not video games. We're talking about the books, books to movies. To movies. Comparing, contrasting, which we like best, and stuff that... The differences between the two that we liked and that we didn't like. So it's not all going to be negative. Yeah, because there are a few YouTube, things that were actually pretty good that they changed. Yeah, that I, I enjoyed for sure. I know if you go on YouTube, there's this uh, like why the Hobbit really, 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 really sucks uh, sort of series of uh, shows from this one page. I, I don't know their names. And it really it breaks down a lot of stuff. But, but I don't they, agree they with paint a lot of it. They 100% in a bad light. And while there yeah. were some things that, yeah, we, we didn't like, there were some things that were actually pretty good and that, that I, I liked the slight changes that they made or the addition right. of information that they, they allowed us to see versus just trying to read or filling in space that there wasn't information. And we're, we're starting with The Hobbit, obviously, an, an unexpected journey. And... <sighs> It's it's weird because if you go to the the main trilogy, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the movies were extremely well accepted, and yes. a lot of their changes were explained in a way that fans were like, "Okay, we get it, we're happy with this," and they really didn't have the chance, the opportunity to do the same thing with the Hobbit movies, and a lot of that has to do with just the complicated workings of a moody movie studio so oh, yeah. originally oh, yeah. set to direct was guillermo del toro and him and peter jackson in the early or the mid 2000s were gonna produce and direct a halo movie together and that fell through but what remained was the relationship so guillermo del toro they they brought him on to direct and they went through all the processes and around 2010 or so the movie studio was still having complications and budgeting wasn't finalized and there was no date to set and everything was storyboarded for Guillermo's vision and he decides he can't wait anymore. This is getting to be too much. He was supposed to start a year ago. They were supposed to start rolling out the movies the year later 
And with the shooting schedule, it just wasn't going to be possible. And it was kept getting delayed. So he backs out. Now, Peter Jackson is trying to stick to the same timetable, except for he's got a completely different person's vision on his storyboard. They don't have a script. He's got to start shooting soon at some point. And so they start shooting this movie without even finishing the script. And so shit happens. And I think what they threw together ended up being a really good turnaround for what was could have very potentially been been a very big train wreck (laughs) yeah and you had the three biggest tolkien fans like in the world writing and directing this movie because peter jackson with with uh philippa and fran welsh are the three biggest fans of lord of the rings arguably stephen colbert (laughs) arguably it's almost hard to argue though yeah I mean, uh, he did out. He did win a contest you between throw him in and Stephen Colbert. You could just throw in Stephen Colbert there. Anyways, that's <laughs> sort of setting up the preface. So I've spoken long enough. I'm going to hand it off to you to start breaking into the movie, uh, the book to movie comparison. And we're going to try and start keeping in timeline and start from the beginning as best as possible. Yep. So we are going to skip a little bit of the stuff. So there there were the little bit of prologue things that they they tossed right. in at the beginning, which is yeah, fine. If we wanna, needed a little if background. If you want to start with, with the differences, you can start at the very like page one, scene one, where scene one, they go into smog invading Erebor. And in the book, obviously, you're starting right with The, the Hobbit. You're mm-hmm. starting... You're starting now, right off with The Hobbit. And so... In the film, sure, they start off with this. This is it's a classic film technique. Narrated film technique. later in the book yeah. where Gandalf and Thorin they're they're discussing things at Bilbo's home. Sure, I'm fine with this. This was a, this yeah. is one of the things I'm fine That's, with because one, Peter Jackson did that is known to do that. He's done it in the other trilogy. It's a classic film technique to set up what's about to happen. So, 100%. we're cool with this one. 100%. So moving on, we're again, we're going to skip a couple of the little tiny things that aren't that don't really interest us that one way or the other, the book or the film didn't matter. And they seem to have very good explanations for why. Exactly. They happen. Exactly. So one of the first ones that is a little this this one mildly bothered me because it seemed unnecessary is Bilbo getting this long, obnoxious, folded pamphlet contract <laughs> it honestly was completely unnecessary in in the film you know in, he's in a bit out of character unfolding this thing and you know yeah. it's got little you know addendums off on the sides and all this and and the dwarves are watching him in the book he's literally just left a two paragraph note that was left on his mantle under the clock written on bilbo's own parchment which of course would <gasps> piss bilbo off because it's you know his own parchment <laughs> but that's it that's all that happened in the book i don't see the 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 necessity sure maybe comedic thing or you know to i, I don't really know it nah, just didn't it, seem necessary it was unnecessary it, it was pretty much out of character for all of it like it just didn't make sense so no i 100 agree with this one so but- one of the next ones is right after Bilbo leaves and he runs out the door with nothing on him but his clothes. 
Yeah, that's that's another backpack? one. No, he didn't have a backpack what? in the book. Yep. No. He literally no doesn't even leave See, with a pocket handkerchief <laughs> in the book. That's something sort of that the the book and the movie have different is sort of this characterization of who Bilbo is. Where in the, the, the movie, book he's a little more whimsical. He's a little more spontaneous. I don't adventurous. Yes, yeah, spontaneous. And in the movie, he's really kind of a curmudgeon he's, he's very conservative and they tease in the movies that he's he used to be adventurous when that's not the case he grew up very conservative right. but he he liked kind of his tookish side comes out a little bit you know <laughs> so that's but after he leaves with not full of a took not even a pocket handkerchief yeah he meets up with thorn and company at the green dragon inn and bywater which in the books such an important location yeah just uh, continuity wise and and it connects it connects two the separate generations and the lord of the rings together but in the films they completely cut that out they completely cut out the drag the right. green dragon in and i feel like that was such a wasted opportunity to tie the two together and tie literally two different generations together of yeah, people who grew up exactly. watching lord of the rings and people who now have the hobbit that they can start with and right. i feel like that was just one that i really really and wish that they, they you tied can't together. say it's because well they didn't want to build the set they left almost all of the sets intact and, and whether it be like uh with bag end which peter jackson uses as a guest house or all any of the other ones that they leave up for tourist attractions i mean it's a big business they said when, when they were trying to get the rights for this film to keep it in new zealand and they would stuff, get the the residuals they, and the they added lobbied income yeah, from they, they lobbied saying that it it would cost them over a billion dollars in revenue if they didn't shoot the movie there and so they had this stuff readily available could have happened it could have but the it fact didn't. that right the fact that you're pulling scenes and information from other books to fill in this picture could have happened yep so so what's next i think you have something that's next i think pretty early on you run into the trolls the trolls in this i loved the and trolls the one, trolls in the book and the reference to them right. in the lord of the rings was fantastic and i'm not upset by the way they went uh, you want to keep focus on your main character but it's important to note that in the book it is gandalf who actually tricks the trolls by sort of throwing his voice yeah. and, and and tricking them into arguing with one another until by throwing the sun his voice. came up. Yep. And so that that's how it happened. It's just a little a little quick one, but it was interesting to note. Yeah. So in the movies, you know, Gandalf he cracks this rock after you know Bilbo distracts the trolls by trying to get them to cook him in different ways. So. It, it Gandalf <laughs> doesn't throw his voice. There's no infighting between them because of that. It's Bilbo distracting them, and then Gandalf pops up, and you know you shall not pass on the rock, and it cracks in half, and and then the sunlight comes in. But I actually enjoyed that. That was that was a little yeah. more heroic, and it kind of gave Bilbo a larger role and kind of sets his character up a little bit. You know, yeah, which is why I've I've no problems with that one. But it's something you got to know. It is it is a big enough change i feel that it deserved to be talked about for sure so what do we move on to next i know i've got sort of there's there's uh we can talk about radagast the the brown well i think or... that's next chronologically 
that's what I was. It's interesting because, and here's one that is very important when you note Guillermo del Toro, because not only was Guillermo del Toro the the casting that he, the the person he cast for the role is one that Peter Jackson kept, who was one of the previous Doctors, I think the seventh Doctor for Doctor Who. Just throwing that out there for people. You take it in, throw it back out. It's fine. But it was a, such a small role in the books, and the reason why they gave it life was it sort of had that fantasy element that yeah. they were looking to interject into it. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I, I personally, I, th- I thought it wasn't bad. I liked it. Radagast it was... Probably one of the best additions to the movie. And the the thing is, it's not like they changed something in the movie to fit this. They literally just added to the universe. These events with Radagast didn't exist at all in Tolkien's works. Right. And so they, they kind of built upon the world a little bit. And I absolutely enjoyed this little addition and getting to know more background and more of these characters. And of course, they didn't go based off of just complete let's make this stuff up that you know there are appendices there are other little works and kind of yeah that kind of give you a little information on who these characters are and what they are so yeah i i like right i like that you know because in the books and he, he's he's really i this was an attempt honestly to in the spirit of tom bombadil which got left out and broke people's hearts they sort of threw this character in that sort of had a lot of the same heart, a lot of the same energy, was this earthly person. I, I think his original name translated to like nature fucker. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't think it's that, but okay. Oh, no, it wasn't that. That wasn't the direct translation. That, that no, was it, but so there, there was a reason for it. This can be explained it's great for kids. It's a really, it's, it's, it's a cool character. I don't know why you would be upset about it. Well, and it ties in really well with Radagast being in Mirkwood and lives in Mirkwood, which is really close to Dogledore, which is a really major part of the Hobbit, you know, the, Plus, what he, goes on at Dogledore there, and the Necromancer. He was there in with the shape, yeah, he was there in with the shapeshifter and all that shit. Like he does have a purpose and mm-hmm. it does tie together. Um, I think another thing that I liked about it is right now you have Gandalf and Saruman and you don't know shit else about them or any where other they wizards. came from or why they're doing what they're doing. Exactly. And so now you this have really... this other wizard. And in the books, actually, he is Sauron and Radagast, like, obviously know each other. Sauron has not a kind word to say for him. Doesn't yeah. like him. Yeah. Thinks he's he, too whimsical, too, too silly, too out an there. Idiot, sort of, is kind of how he feels. This is, he's just an idiot. And, but him and Gandalf have that relationship. So it really ties together some of the history. And I love that. Yep. Absolutely. So the next actually kind of ties in with Radagast. I mentioned the Necromancer. In yeah. the movie, of course, they show Radagast was, meeting the Necromancer, running into me, him. For me, the n- whole Necromancer part of this is the most confounding because you didn't have to change anything from the book. Um, there's a lot of it that was unnecessarily changed. And I this one kind of confuses me. So m- maybe your opinion can help me understand it. Sure. But You know, with, with this in... The book, Gandalf mentions the Necromancer a bunch of times, but other than that, 
there's no appearance mentioned. There's no, there's nothing with encountering him or anything. Yeah, of course, it reveals the necromancer was Sauron, and that was revealed in the Lord of the Rings. But as to why they had to put this in here, I I, I don't know. It seemed like a song and dance that wasn't needed, or maybe it was it a way to justify Radagast. I don't. I, I'm not sure, but this is one that they could have left all alone. You know, I I don't think it would have taken away from the movie. I don't think it would have made it any worse. It would have made it a little shorter, which arguably could have made it better. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's one that meh. Meh. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's just going to be the, the one that's just kind of why exactly. So next on the list chronologically, we are introduced to a character, mm, yeah. Azog. Azog. Azog is okay. a badass orc. Don't get me wrong. I can't be mad at some of this of what he represents in the movie. Sure. You need that antagonist. They did this. This was a common trope that they rolled out in the original series. You couldn't. You can't just spend the entire movie going. Here's the you know from you're point well, A to point B. Or, yeah, like- <laughs> we're getting away from this antagonist, this scary guy. Well, where is he? Uh, About that, he's um, in the he's hiding he's, here. It's even, so, um, it's even worse in the Hobbit because he's not <laughs> fully there yet at all, and so you're stuck with. So where where is he? Where's the bad guy? Uh, um, yeah. He's more of just like a thought. He's more of just like a concept, you know? You have to have this physical threat. This Man, physical that Shire, threat. that Shire weed is excellent. <laughs> Your love of the Hobbit's leaf has yes. uh, um Azog is this presence and you need a presence. You need a physical sure. combatant. They do it time and time again. And I wish it wasn't him though. I wish it wasn't because Azog if you because ever try to go back to that story you can't tell it azog's you dead ruined that azog's dead <laughs> in the so books for those by the time the hobbit has arrived don't know okay he's oh okay you were you were waiting for me to continue <laughs> i was gonna let you finish it i was so just in the those books, of you who don't know <laughs> in the hobbit by the time we get to the story of bilbo and the dwarves azog is dead he had been dead for a while his son is alive sure but Azog's right, dead. Right, bulg. 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 Yes, Bulg. Bulg. Well, so, no, and the, the problem is, so, like, they make it off as, like, he cut off his arm, and you weren't quite sure if he was alive. He wasn't quite sure if he was alive or dead, but he's dead. No, the motherfucker's head gets cut off. There's no doubt that he was dead. Yeah. 100%. He's dead. But it's such a badass story that can never be told the same way because of what they did here. Yep. And that is, and, and not even, like, so, uh, Thor, 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 Thor with an extra R after the TH. Yeah. Thor is first off, not in this big, great epic battle where he gets his head cut off uh, nope. by Azog. Mm-mm. He's going back into the mines of Moria on his own, essentially at this point. Because mm-hmm. the only other person that was by his side was like, eh, fuck that guy. This looks, f- this no, this doesn't look good. And so driven by greed, he's going in here. Well, 
they sort of in the movies they hint that they're all driven by greed but that's not it this isn't all about money this is about their ancestral lands this, this is, is about, about their, their, their fucking pride home. as dwarves yeah this is their they'll never be able to return home if they don't get in here and so they didn't know at the time and they soon figure out it's occupado by azog azog cuts his fucking head off and then it's after that point that this battle starts and it ends with azog getting his fucking head slid off it's done you know how head for a head right an eye for an eye and so this it, if, yeah. if, you, if you love it, go read it because it's such a fantastic story. It is. It is a fantastic story. Yeah, that, that's one of the, the big changes that they did that I, I feel like, again, it was unnecessary. And I feel like it added almost too much violence to The Hobbit. Well, for, for one, if you needed that bad guy, you had Bold. You had you Bold. Had son. Yeah, you could have just he, made it him. <laughs> you could have justified this because he does appear later on. In in the five armies, yep, yep. Uh, war, and even though he doesn't appear Which before we'll, that, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that as we, we you could we get have into. written him. Yeah, you could have written him in here yep. just as easily, because now if you ever try and go back and tell that story, you've you've set the table. Like, how are you yeah, going to do that one yep. now? It won't be as cool. You're going to have to retcon it and be like, well, his head's got to come off. <laughs> how is <he> gonna <laughs> yeah, how, how's this going to happen? Yeah, I don't like that one. I understand why they did it, but they could have done it a different way with a different character. Is all I'm going to say. Yep. And so moving on from there, again, we're gonna we're gonna skip a couple of the 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 changes and you know a couple of little things I'll, I'll mention real quick with the the White Council meeting at Rivendell, Galadriel, Saruman's there. I don't mind all of that happening. I'm I'm all good with this. The it's, White it's Council was a real thing that was written about yep. in the appendices, and you know it, they it said that they met, and it includes Elrond, Galadriel, Gandalf, Saruman, and even Surdin, the shipwright. Yep. You know, so it had all these people in there. So sure, have them meet, add in this little bit of extra information. Cool, I like that. I'm cool with it too. It's a precedence they have set in the past. Fans were okay with it then. Why wouldn't you be okay with it now? Exactly. So the one thing with Rivendell that did bother me is the dwarves leaving. So in the film, right? You know, Galadriel is watching Thorin and everybody sneaking out without Gandalf, and it's because yeah. Thorin doesn't trust the elves, and you know, later on true, Gandalf meets up with but, them, and right, but. The dwarves weren't like that. Yeah, yeah. Thorin may not have trusted them, but the entire company, the entire group, was reluctant yeah. to leave. They stayed right. for fourteen days, and they were when they left. They sang songs and good speed, and Gandalf was yeah. with them. And of course, he disappeared later on because that's just who Gandalf was in the books. Gandalf would come and go <laughs> as he needed to. And it wasn't, exactly. you know, anything that he he was mad at people. Well, or he he's, thought, he, he had to, he's a he's like a spectral being. He he's, he's literally like an like. angel. You know, he's literally yeah. an angel. <laughs> so he comes and goes as he pleases. Sure, I don't know right. why they 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 changed this at all. First off, Bilbo wouldn't have wanted to leave without letting Gandalf know. And honestly, changing it from a 
a happy moment to this solemn sneaking away. This isn't a good thing. You you paint a different picture. Completely you, you, you different make the picture. dwarves look bad. Honestly, you make them look kind of dickish. You, yeah, and you make them look kind of kind of petty almost. You know, you you get this right. great information, and, and you stay at this area, this place. You're fed. You you want for nothing for two weeks, right. and then you're just like, hmm, I'm leaving. You looked at me funny. <laughs> I don't trust you. Like, come on. Unnecessary. Yeah. I think one of the um, big improvements, in my opinion, after this was, was the stone giant encounter because it really made for a great sequence. In the book, it, really did. it was just a couple sentences, you know? It really it, yeah. it was. And more than much touched upon. And then that's fine for the book because the book was short. Let, right. let's, let's touch on that now. And, the and book the was book, short. The, the book didn't justify between, three movies. Right. The difference <laughs> so they, between the books and the book and the movies is the book is very linear. You're following a path. You're following one man's journey, and it, it really doesn't branch off a whole lot. That's why you have appendices. That's why you have stories around it mm-hmm. to sort of fill in the blanks. And they drew from all this to make the movies. And one thing that they elaborated on was this great, really cool action sequences where they're on these giants, stone giants, they're moving around. And what this does is give you a real idea because in in the Lord of the Rings movies, you feel like they talk about dragons and all this magic, but you don't see a lot of it. You don't get to see a lot of those fantastical elements. And so these stone giants coming to life and moving shows you how truly humongous that middle earth is and oh, you yeah. don't get that feeling just from a few flyover shots with eagles you know yep this and gives it to you again like like he had said i i enjoy this portion of it because in the books it really was you know just some stone giants throwing rocks at each other off in the distance with this one it brings them closer and that's literally the only change that they really did yeah is they brought them closer to that action and they kind of made it a little dramatic for the dwarves because while it's a game to the giants the dwarves are terrified out of their minds right and it makes sense i like that if you're thinking about it what if you were stuck on top of those when they started going at it like holy shit so so the next part after the rock golems is the goblins. When they get trapped by the goblins, they get taken in, and eventually Gandalf comes in and saves the day, and you know, because that's what Gandalf does. So ah. there there are a few things with this. There's the the goblin trap that they all fall in in the movie. And the in the movie, honestly, it that fall would have literally killed everybody. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it looked cool. But it looked cool. Sometimes so, you have to explain away with things that look sure, cool. Sure, <laughs> fine. That's that's fine. And <laughs> that that doesn't bother me. Now the part that does bother me to uh an extent, it's another section where there were no details in the book whatsoever on how this happened and it's when they were escaping when they were running from the goblin town so after you know gandalf comes in and saves the goblin or saves 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 the goblins uh this is the alternate <laughs> universe <laughs> saves the dwarves and they're running yeah. from yeah, the so goblin it's town it's really it's- classic Car chase, you know, gone you know, in 60 seconds. Running away on the cinematic scene. They're crumpling away and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's just this crazy extended action sequence. And 
it was unnecessary. Yeah, it seems seems forced. And to be honest, and because though- of how much uh, this was another one too. Because of how much CG was used in this, it honestly felt like a video game. You know, they're running through and they stab a goblin in the shoulder and it dies. You know, and right. and all the people in the the company, Thorin and everybody, all the dwarves and Bilbo, none of them get hurt even in the slightest throughout this entire thing. And it's just this violent, obnoxious chase scene where the heroes are essentially in a samurai warriors game just slicing down hundreds of goblins and yeah this is definitely one of those there was so much action in the in these movies you didn't need yeah you didn't need that and you know at the end of this chase scene all of the protagonists are completely unfazed completely undamaged even after falling hundreds of feet through rock and debris And this is one of the scenes that Christopher Tolkien actually stepped up and talked about and said they eviscerated, and I quote, they eviscerated the book by making it an action movie for young people 15 to 25. So Christopher Tolkien hated this scene. He hated this portion of it. And while I don't feel as passionately about it as as he did, I feel like it was so unnecessary to have this big epic action sequence that didn't even have one line in the book. Yeah, and I mean, but we we talked about this. They they set the stage when they made the first three movies, and so at that point, you you kind of set a tone, and the tone is long epic sequences of fighting. But there comes a point where you're like, this is completely unnecessary you you didn't have to do this Uh, it's not driving the plot it's you're not giving any new details or anything so you didn't have to do it absolutely so the very last thing that i have that was a big thing for me because of course there were a couple more things after this that again weren't yeah a little bit you know it was close to the end of the movie here but you know towards the end of the movie this is where they introduce Bilbo getting the ring. He gets, he finds yes. the one ring. And in I the film, this, I know this kind of ticked you. This a little you a bit, bit, like a little bit. So in the film, Bilbo is chasing a goblin down a chasm, and you know he's he's chasing him down, and he and you know Gollum ends up discovering the injured goblin, and he tries to drag him off to eat him, and Bilbo watches Gollum and. He sees the ring drop onto the ground, and then when Gollum isn't looking, Bilbo pops in and he steals the ring. Right. No, no. Mm, Not not quite. Not exactly. No. So, in the book, (laughs) the way this happens is Bilbo gets grabbed from behind and he falls into darkness. He doesn't know where he is, what's going on. Bilbo's not a warrior. He's not chasing goblins down to kill them. That is not Bilbo's character. That is not him at all. So he gets Bilbo, knocked unconscious. Look, and Bilbo's Bilbo has an excitement sort of streak. He's got he's little he's got some passion. He's got a, a little adventurous side. But he's not a he's warrior. He's still kind of pragmatic. He, yeah. he knows his lane. <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not hunting goblins down in the dark. But especially in this movie <laughs> when you've already established he is scared of his shadow. Yeah. A stickler for the rules and and now you're having him chase somebody like it, you set up a completely different character and still yep. I don't believe it. Yep. And in the book, like I said, 
what happens is he ends up getting grabbed by something, which we can assume is probably a goblin or something, and grabs him, pulls him down, he falls into a chasm, he hits his head, and he gets knocked unconscious. He wakes up a little bit later in total darkness, yep. and he's reaching around, trying to find his way back, and he finds the ring on the ground by by what we Just would by consider it. by chance. But we all know that the ring has a mind of its own. It finds people. Well, and, and the thing that bugged me the most is when they did the flashback in the trilogy. It literally had him reaching around him on the ground and picking around. up a ring. Oh, oh, what's this? They portrayed it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> and they went back. Uh, that it was that an unnecessary thing it was a complete yeah. departure from what the hobbit actually is and they retconned themselves <laughs> yeah this this one this one bothered me because i i feel like you know i remember reading that portion of the book where yeah. he finds it and then later on when you read the lord of the rings and you learn crazy that the, you're like oh man well it he, knew what it was doing exactly, the ring knew yeah, what it was the doing ring knew. so you get to learn that little bit of extra that the ring it makes you feel more dirty you're like oh it's been pulling the strings the whole time exactly. and i didn't even notice like, but no gross, you just have man. bilbo being this greedy <laughs> goblin hunter <sighs> so with that all being said and all of the laundry being aired shits out on the table what did you think about the movie honestly separate it from the source material watch it on its own it's not a bad movie it's, no, it's got i liked it i really enjoyed yeah. the movie i mean it has your classic Peter Jackson storytelling, you know, your flashbacks going into the action, leading the the yeah. soft elements leading into climax. You know, I felt the movie did a good job. They brought in some more information as a movie on its own. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I think it was for all the challenges and limits that they had going into these. And I think it was extremely unfair for the studio to put this on Peter Jackson in the way that they did. I'd have loved to have seen Guillermo del Toro's vision and fantasy. The, this is del Toro's would have just been amazing to be able to see. Oh because yeah. The storyboard For, that came up with was so great. Well, you um, know, with a story like the Hobbit, it's a very, it's a little lighthearted. It's whimsical. It's a yeah. children's book. It is literally made right. for kids to read. And I will say that's one thing I felt was unnecessary if you do do a complete comparison, is they turn this into a, a, an adult action movie. and Which I'm, I'm, I'm cool with. I'm, um, I'm I, I cool think with, the, at the end of the, the day, as I, a movie, sure. Yeah. But when you're trying think, to compare it, it's it really falls short of capturing the whimsical fantasy that the ha well, Hobbit Well, at the time had. that I watched it, I loved it. I still think they're great movies. Yeah. Um, they sort of succumbed to their own traps wherein they relied a little bit too much on CG where traditionally in the past they hadn't at all. Yeah, and they went much I don't know heavier with practical effects. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's because just the unfairness of the pressure of the schedule, the time crunch they're on, but it is what it is, and it's a great movie. I think it's what, like a, a 6.7 or 7.6 yeah, Which or actually is somewhere between pretty there. good on IMDb. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a pretty good rating on Rotten Tomatoes IMDb. And so, I agree. It's it's good. It, it It's a good movie. It's a great book. Go Go watch the movie. Go read the book. And we'll be talking about the next movie next time on Two Dads and a Podcast.
Well, not next next time, because there's some stuff in between. But you know, you guys know what I mean. Next time on Two Dads and Podcasts, we'll be coming up with our top five for the week. And then immediately after that, we continue our discussion going on to film number two, because there's only one book. So yeah, we're there's, not there's only on to one the next book. book. <laughs> <laughs> so but as yeah. always, my suggestion watch the movie first, then read the book. You won't be disappointed that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I can't I can't argue those that logic. <laughs> so learn to disassociate and love something for the project that it is. That's this and I've done a good job of story. doing that to be honest. But guys, I've if you have some opinions, job. if there are some differences that you have stronger opinions on, please let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 2dap2020 at gmail.com, even on YouTube. Hey buddy, what what interview are we doing next week? Interview next week? Wait, there's another interview next week? Yes, there is, with Sub- Sean uh, Chiplock. <laughs> so you can watch that interview next week, but all the other past interviews, you can watch the extended versions on our Patreon for just $5 a month, plus videos of me eating bowls of cereal. There is more to come. We just haven't thought of it yet. So get in touch with us. Let us know what we should do to us, ourselves, or other people within legal limits. And we will do it, and we will post it. As always, guys, thanks for listening. (laughs) Love you guys.